All right, it's nice to be here live from the MMB Radio studios with the MMB Radio podcast where no topic is too big or too small. And on the phone lines right now, I have athlete and life coach and so many other titles and hats that this woman wears, Miss Tamara Lacazzi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Doing great. Thank you for calling us tonight. And um, like I said, it, you, you got all kinds of different titles. So I don't even know which one to pick and start with, but I'm just going to go with the first one um, that everybody probably knows you or is, uh, knows you mostly for is uh, being a fitness model. And uh, I know you're real big on fitness, but how did you uh, kind of take fitness and modeling and kind of twirl it around, make it into one big thing and then let all these other titles spin off of it? When I was in my... Um, mid twenties, I got married and, um, well, I didn't get married in my mid twenties. I got married towards the end of my twenties, but I was with somebody and, um, we, um, took some goofy pictures of me <laughs> with a Polaroid camera because I had always read fitness magazines and bodybuilding magazines and I was like, you know what, before I get too old, I want to, you know, try and see if I can do this because I'd always been into working out. I've always been an athlete and I was always told I was, you know, just as pretty as the girls that were in like the fitness magazines and this and that. And I'm, you know, wasn't super secure with myself because I didn't have a chest at the time. And um, so I, my now ex-husband, we took some goofy Polaroids and I had scanned them. This was way back in the day before computers and cell phones were like really cool like they are now. So I just scanned them and then I sent them um, to some people and they were like, wow, yeah, you know, you know, get some photo shoots done and, you know, we could possibly put you in some magazines. So basically that's kind of how it all started and came to fruition. Um, and... Well, actually, after my first photo shoot, I actually hated it. I was like, man, this sucks. It's too much work. <laughs> and um, I didn't like it. And I I felt like I was more out of shape than some of the other girls because um, I was, I've was i always been really curvy. So I hold a little bit of body fat on my hips and my thighs compared to other fitness professionals. So I was like, well, I guess I can't do the fitness modeling because I'm not going to be lean enough to, to do it. But, um, you know, whatever. So about a year later, I decided to get back into it and go more towards the glamour bikini route. And that seemed to suit me a little bit better. Even though I was a little bit older, I was in my, let's see, I was probably about 27 or 28 by that time. Um, because I just had the curves and stuff. Well, you could tell I was athletic and I worked out. I've always been relatively... I don't want to say muscular, like manly muscular, but I've always been muscular, and um, but I had the curves too. So the photographers, especially the ethnic photographers, actually really liked shooting me because I have a big derriere for a white girl, so <laughs> a really big one. So that kind of actually took off a little bit more than the fitness part of it. And then in um, 2007, I had gotten diagnosed with celiac disease. And which is a gluten and wheat intolerance. And within two weeks of getting that out of my diet, I started to get really lean in my midsection where you could really see 
my abs coming in really good because I didn't know what to eat. So I went on a natural paleo with a diet, and that was before I even knew what paleo was. I just ate meat, vegetables, and some fruits and some healthy fats, and that was it because I didn't know what else I could eat. And um, I decided I, I contacted bodybuilding.com, and they decided they were going to do a story and let me kind of showcase a video series, which is still on the Internet to this day. It's, it's funny when I look back and watch those videos, but um, they wanted to showcase me getting ready for my first show, which I didn't have a competition prep coach or anything. It was before the bikini division came out in the NPC, so I was doing figure, and um, it just kind of went from there. And after I did the show in July of 2007, um, a, a, a top competition prep coach who hadn't become as big as she is now um, kind of reached out to me and she liked the way I looked and then I decided we, we, we knew I had the right genetics to actually compete and actually do good especially in figure um, so I kind of she took me under her wing and she coached me and I helped coach her girls other girls on how to model and stuff like that and, and I, I did quite a few shows and I actually did good I never won I never competed enough to actually win I would only do like one a year because it kind of were expensive and I was married. My husband was a cop, and I worked in a restaurant, too. So we weren't making, like, a lot of money. And competing is a lot of money. So to just invest in something that you may or may not win and is political and everything else. So I um, (laughs) – it's a long story. um, Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you seem like you've been through a lot getting to where you are right now. But um, I guess one of the questions I would like to know is – you said that you were, you're always into fitness and everything. Is this something that you started when you were younger as a child? Or were you, uh, like, more of a tomboy? Were you into sports? Were you, like, how, what was kind of, like, your upbringing like? Well, my upbringing was unusual. Um, my mom was actually one of the pioneers in the state of Florida to get homeschool legalized in the early 80s. And I grew up, um, I did not go to public school in Dade County. I'm from Miami. Um, well, south of Miami, actually, and I did not, um, my parents didn't want to send me to school in public schools down there, so my dad was a nuclear reactor operator at Turkey Point um, down in Key Biscayne, and he was really, really, really smart, and my mom's really smart, too, so she kind of took on certain subjects, and my dad did more of the math and the sciences with my brother and I, and then we went on all kinds of cool field trips, and my dad was really heavily into sports. So Dan Marino from the Miami Dolphins was my first crush ever. And my brother and I used to go outside and play. And we had our little two-man football team. And I was Dan Marino and he was Mark Cooper. And <laughs> we would just play football in the front yard like for hours. And um, I, had, I fell in love with football when I was a kid. And then my mom also liked working out so she would go to the gym and she would bring my brother and I since we were homeschooled and we'd go to the gym with her and I would work out I would not work out but I'm a little kid at this point like six seven years old but I would I would um play around on some of the equipment you know like ab things and I had a nice six pack when I was a kid (laughs) um, you know I really liked it and then that was also around the time time era and time frame when ESPN and such would put bodybuilding shows on on TV and they were mainstream. So I would watch that also and I really liked the Fitness America and the bodybuilding and I found it intriguing with the muscles of the human body. So even as a kid, I knew I liked 
muscles and athletics and, and stuff like that. And then um, my parents got divorced uh, when I was about 10 or 11 years old and we moved to Charlotte County, Florida. Um, and I was no longer homeschooled. I had to go to public school. And then by the time I got to high school, I decided to um, swim and I did some track stuff. And I really always enjoyed going into the weight room. So even... And then after high school, I continued on with working out when I went to college and, and stuff. So I, my mom was very influential in the whole bodybuilding slash uh, working out thing with the gym. And uh, my dad was influential in um, the sports like baseball and football. I loved college football. Back then, I was a huge diehard Miami Hurricanes fan. And um, now I'm a diehard Florida Gators fan since 2000, but um, Miami made me mad. <laughs> I ditched them. I'm like, I don't like you anymore. So I switched to the Gators <laughs> in 2000 when I moved to Ocala um, in, two, in 2000, and I've been a Gators fan ever since. So I just, you know, I do like sports, and I am a tomboy. I do not look like my pictures. I look like my pictures, but I don't look like my pictures as far as being all gussied up with all this makeup and hair and, you know, looking all girly and, and stuff like that most of the night like 99% of the time I'm in gym clothes and my hair thrown up in a bun and maybe some mascara and lip gloss and that's about it well I was going to say anybody who takes a look at your Twitter will see how big of a Florida Gators fan you are uh, it's like <laughs> Florida Gator everything and um <laughs> Like, like, just uh, looking at a tweet from just six hours ago, Coach Mack does more than teach our players the X's and O's. He teaches them how to act in life as well. And um, I guess a couple of things I want to ask first before we get into, like, being, like, a lifestyle coach and how that all works. Um, so you, you obviously know your stuff about football. Um, have you ever considered doing anything in the sports world outside of, say, fitness, like maybe getting involved with, like, coaching or doing analysts for something like that, or writing for, you know, a sports section or something of that nature? Actually, no, I never considered that. Um, I do know about football. I love football. Um, but I I guess I always felt like being a girl, I, A, wouldn't be taken too seriously, and B, um and I get into it with the guys that I'm friends with, like, say, Florida State fans and, and so on and so forth, and I'm trying to throw stats at them and stuff. But they, you know, I'm not very argumentative, actually, as, as Italian as I am. I'm, not, I'm a lover, not a fighter, so I, I tend to back down unless I'm, like, really, really angry about something. But um, So I'm really not confrontational. So me, I, I put out my opinion on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff about the Gators. But as far as right, doing something professionally, I don't know if I could handle the, um, the negative um, uh, comments that I would be getting from mainstream people if it went mainstream because I, I block people now if they write to me and say the Gators suck. Uh, I don't go to your page and say that Florida State sucks or Ohio State sucks or whoever I don't think is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But why are you going to come to mind? And just because I have an opinion, you're just going to say they suck. Well, People have I too much time personally. on their hands. <laughs> they do have too much time on their hands. And I take that personally, especially this year, because I, I live in Ocala, which is really close to Gainesville. 
and I'm friendly with um, quite a few of the kids that are actually players on that team, and they're nice. They're nice young. They're very nice young men, you know. And and I actually train people at um, one of the players. Um, one of the players for the Gators, his brother owns a gym here in town, and I I train my clients at his gym. And his younger brother, who you know plays for the Gators, is a really, really, really nice kid you know he's a nice young man he's very humble he's very he's very good at what he does and but he's also a sweetheart so when people would say the gators suck i take that personally because i you know have developed you know friendly relationships with some of these kids and it's kind of because like they're telling them that you suck you know yeah it's yeah and i think but they're they're young too it doesn't matter what team it is Mm -hmm. like it could be ohio state or it could be georgia or it could be alabama or any other any other school, they're 18 to 22 year old men that are still young. And, you know, they have, you know, here, here we are, here's people, you know, slamming these people left and right. Like they're any better. It's like, are you out there on that football field playing? You know, I mean, are you down there on that field in the heat of the moment playing that game, trying to tackle Leonard Fournette or whoever, you know, I mean, it's like, get a grip, stop saying people suck because you're not out there actually playing. You know, if you were out there, you know, how would you like it if somebody said that you sucked? You know, I, I mean, I can I, tell I, in the tone of your voice that um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe going the sporting route maybe is not the best idea. I can see <laughs> how that would probably just escalate to just big blow up all over the place. Yeah, it would probably be bad. It would probably get bad on ESPN or something. You know, I could, you know, or the SEC network. <laughs> exactly. It would get ugly. So, <laughs> I get fired right away. So you're a lifestyle coach. First off, explain to people out there like what is the the roles and tasks and job of a lifestyle coach, and how does one become a lifestyle coach? Well, I didn't have any professional schooling in lifestyle coaching, but I have years and years and years of experience in learning how to manage my very volatile autoimmune diseases that are all digestive and hormonally based um, with trial and error. I mean, I had a professional, I had a real doctor, a, a, a functional medicine specialist, you know, diagnose my um, health conditions. Um, they're all genetically predisposed. I literally turned them on and it's through a thing called epigenetics, which means you can turn on, turn and turn on and turn off your genes based on your lifestyle, your diet, um, your environment and so on and so forth. And um, I turned some things on and I'm working very diligently at turning them off. And my lifestyle coaching isn't necessarily, um, uh, the spiritual side and this and that. Mine kind of encompasses just an overall where I'm not trying to play doctor and I'm not trying to play, um, you know, sports nutritionist and this and that, but an overall picture of how to live a healthier lifestyle. And I'm not saying mine, you know, mine is specific to me, but as human beings, we're all um, genetically different. So, as an overall thing, like if people, people look to me for inspiration because they know that I have six autoimmune problems. So I have learned how to manage them and don't have to take medicine for any of them with diet. I should be 300 pounds, but I'm not, you know, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which most people with Hashimoto's that's autoimmune hypothyroidism. That's 
where usually you get fat when people have hypothyroidism. It's a, it plagues countless millions and millions and millions of Americans and mostly women. Um, but I'm not. And it's not because I over-exercise. It's not because I starve myself because I definitely don't do that. And I do exercise a lot, but I'm an athlete. So I, my threshold's a little bit longer than other people's, but I is, can still, I, I am managing a very um, difficult condition that most people aren't educated enough on, especially even the doctors and stuff to help people deal with, you know, certain health conditions. And it's a proven fact that wheat gluten, you know, is a major contributor to keeping people in a um, state of hypothyroidism because it blocks the thyroid. So, you know, I mean, I study medicine and functional medicine like it's my job. I, I, I study under my doctor a lot. I study some of the best practitioners and read all the best books out there and the journal articles that are um, public on um, the Internet. And these are big journal articles, not like um, not like two-page research you know, articles that are basically like a synopsis of what a huge article said. So I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of studying. And I know how I have learned to manage my problems. And I, there's so many people that have at least one of my issues that my way might not be 100% best for them, but I can kind of guide them in an overall direction on what's probably going to be better then say, um, you know, is it better to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning compared to 1 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock in the morning? You know, I mean, yes, it's better to get that sleep before midnight. That's a proven fact. The human, with our circadian rhythms and stuff like that, the human body was programmed to go to sleep when it gets dark naturally. That's when we're naturally supposed to go to sleep. So that seven hours after midnight Midnight to 7 a.m. is not the same quality as 10 o'clock at night to 5 o'clock in the morning. It's just not. So, um, and all those little factors come into play when you're managing health issues and stuff like that. So it's just overall lifestyle. That's why I call it lifestyle. It's not actual um, uh, medicinal coaching and, and, and stuff like that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it cleared it up for me because I'm I was kind of, you know, I somewhat knew what a lifestyle coach was, but I didn't. I didn't know how one became a lifestyle coach. I didn't know if there was like an actual formal class or training for it. But I mean, it's awesome to there be able are. to. You've, there you, is but you, formal you have training it for it. Experiences, so I, I life experience for past eight years when I almost nine because I got diagnosed with having gluten intolerance um, the day before my thirtieth birthday, which I'll be thirty nine in March, so. Almost nine years I've been living a gluten-free lifestyle, and I've made mistakes, so I purposely ate it, and I suffered the consequences. And when I get it in my system, every time I've gotten it in my system, since I went gluten-free, it's taken me longer and longer to recuperate to the point where the last time it happened was in June of 2012, or 2012, June of 2014. And it's taken me all, all up until now, and I still have to be super careful with even paleo-type foods and stuff like that because certain foods cause autoimmune reactions in my gut. And, um, well, it's not in my gut, but my small intestines have a problem with digesting certain kinds of foods, and then that creates an autoimmune reaction in my body, and it sets off a whole cascade of events that sometimes 
can take months and months and months to get rid of, no matter how diligent you are. So one little cheat and one little slip up and me being like, oh gosh, I haven't had a Krispy Kreme donut in nine years. Well, if I ate a Krispy Kreme donut today, it would take me at least a year to get better. I mean, with the with the domino effect of all the different things that are going to happen to my body. And I've always been super in tune with my body because I was modeling and I was very vain and I would get bloated so bad that I would look like I gained 15 to 20 pounds in the matter of a three-hour photo shoot. And the photographers didn't really notice it until we actually would look back at the, at the images and they were like, oh my gosh, you do look fatter. I mean, literally, I would gain... That's a nice like, thing for a photographer to say to you. Well, and it didn't, ma- it didn't matter to me because yeah, yeah. I was the one complaining about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so fat. And I'm looking at my body. I'm like, I'm so bloated. I could see my legs swelling up and my gut. I couldn't suck it in. You know, I literally couldn't suck it in anymore, you know. And, I'm, you know, here I am eating, you know, like little small meals, thinking I'm doing myself a service, eating like some whole grain bread and whole or whole wheat bread, and you know, because it's got more fiber and this and that and everything else. And that's just a bunch of marketing gimmicks from the companies that make those products and stuff like that to try to convince people that they're good for you when they're actually not. But, um, (laughs) and they're really not good for most people, um, especially, uh, uh, on a continual basis. I mean, some people, most people can get away with cheating on it once in a while and having a piece of toast here and there, but to have it day in and day out, you know, and then have grains in multiple forms is just, wreaking havoc on the human body because most of them are genetically modified and our gene- and our DNA can't keep up with the genetic modifications that science is creating with these grains and it's making people sicker and fatter. So it's, it's creating a lot of autoimmune reactions and it's also creating a lot of inflammation in the human body and inflammation is responsible for most of the, most of the ailments that we have in the human body. So, you know, it's just, and to me, it's not worth it. As much as I love food, being Italian, believe me, when I was told I couldn't eat pizza anymore, um, I thought I was going to die. I thought my life was going to come to an end <laughs> when, I, when I was told, yeah, oh, like, well, you have to go on a gluten-free yeah, diet. It's almost <laughs> like uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? You, you want to die yeah. without pasta and pizza, but it, if you literally eat it, you could die. So Right. So, well, um, and the ramifications get worse and worse, too. You know what I mean? Intestinal lymphomas... One of the biggest things that you'd have to deal with with continually eating um, uh, like gluten or grains or, or anything that aggravates my small intestines. And the last thing I want is to get small intestinal lymphoma because that's almost completely incurable. You know, once you get diagnosed with that, you're pretty much toast. Like large intestinal, you can kind of deal with. But, you know, if it's caught in time, and even so, that's actually very, you know, the whole intestinal tract from your tongue down to your where you, you go to the bathroom is um, the most important part of the human body, actually. You know, 80 per, you know, 70 to 80% of our immune system lies in our small intestines. And the whole process from everything that we put down the pie hole, um, you know, literally dictates what happens to us. You know, I mean, even more, it, it's just, it's so important. It's not even funny, you know, but, and I've learned that the hard way. Now we talked a little bit off off air about how you wanted to get you're getting back into doing modeling. Um, at what point did you just kind of stop? Was it because of all the you know the autoimmune stuff going on, or did you just lose interest at some point? And where no. are we, where are we going to get back into this? 
Um, I never lost interest. It was my autoimmune health. The past couple of years have been pretty rough. Um, financially, um, went through some breakups and, um, I made some bad decisions myself that had to humble me a little bit, and I kind of gotten a little bit, ar- I don't want to say arrogant, because I never consider myself an arrogant person towards people in general, but I became arrogant to a degree, um, kind of towards my own, per- in my own personal life, towards people that I was close to, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like, I've always considered myself to be a really nice person. Like, I give my shirt, the, sh- the shirt off my back to somebody. But, like, in my personal relationships with family and, and exes and stuff like that, I became arrogant and kind of um, one of the types of people that I can't stand, which are, like, entitlement people, people that feel like they're entitled to something just because of something. You know, I can't stand that. <laughs> and here I am not liking it in other people, but I was kind of acting that way in certain things um, in regards to some of my past uh, with, what, what, with my ex. You know, I was like, well, you know, I did this and this and this for you and you owe this to me and I'm not going to do this. And, you know, it just became kind of ugly. And and um, it, the whole situation, the whole thing was 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 nasty. So I um. But that started in 2013 because that's when our relationship started to kind of fall apart. But I also got really, really sick. And I literally could not digest any food at all. I couldn't even eat a small piece of chicken without looking like I was nine months pregnant and having um, skin eruptions that looked like I had ant bites like all over my body and my face, especially my torso and my and my face and neck and, and um stuff and it got really nasty and I had to fast for like almost a week and then I couldn't eat anything and I was on a liquid diet and it was it was like horrible and I had no energy and working a regular job was just not going to quite cut it so the resentment kind of came in from my ex who was working 80 90 hours a week to keep food on the table and pay all our bills and I'm not doing anything and here I am like well you know, I don't, you know, you have to take care of me and this and that and everything else. I became very dependent on a man (laughs) and that wasn't the type of person that I (laughs) had thought I was going to be when I was a teenager when I wanted to be a doctor. And, um, so I, uh, you know, went through that and then another year went by and and last year in 2014, I left the one guy and kind of got hooked up with somebody else and, you know, kind of was already immediately in another codependent relationship. And then <laughs> me, I have never been dumped ever in my life. <laughs> and he decided to go back to his ex-girlfriend. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I literally threw away all my furniture, everything, and moved in with him. I had absolutely nothing of value except for my truck my engagement ring from my ex-husband and my iPad and my cell phone, which were kind of older anyway at this point, you know, I mean, I'm like, they weren't like brand spanking new and, you know, right off the shelf. I'm like, OMG. (laughs) I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? So I literally got kicked to the curb and had to start my life over at 37 and learn how to take care of myself, not rely on my parents, not rely on men, or anybody else to um, help me. And it's taken me a year, and now I'm finally healthy and back in shape. Um, 
you know, and now I'm ready to revamp my image and kind of bring, bring kind of to the table the same bikini girl that you guys saw back in when I was in my late 20s and early 30s, but with a slightly different look too, a little bit more mature and with a different twist because I really want to help people that have some kind of health condition and, and be an inspiration to them, not necessarily be their, you know, their practitioner and, you know, diagnose things and tell them this is what you have to do, but encourage them and motivate them and be somebody that's supportive for them. Um, and also um, get my training stuff back online. I've kind of created my own um, style of training. It's not a style so much. I don't want to say it's like something like, how CrossFit is a style of training, but my own way of developing glutes, the glute muscles, because that's what I'm known for. It's what I've always been known for online, um, more so than my fitness so much as my gluteal development. And um, also, you know, I mean, and that's what all my clients come to me for. Almost all my clients come to me because they want to have a body and a butt, especially a butt like mine. And I'm like, what's so great about my butt? But, I guess living here in Ocala, I've been told I looked like a stallion, which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> I was like, I look like a stallion. I don't want to look like a horse, but I guess a horse has looks from behind, has those big round, that big round booty and those legs or something. I don't have thick legs, though. I do not have thick legs. <laughs> I got thick, stocky legs. I'm pretty muscular. <laughs> so we should be but seeing, I guess... <laughs> like, new photo shoots soon from you, or... Well, I reached out now. to one of my favorite photographers, and he wants to do a photo shoot here pretty soon. So I would say I would give it another month or so, like maybe around December, when I feel like I want to be a little bit tighter and a little bit, a little bit leaner, just for my own personal edification, just because I like to see myself not. I don't. I don't. I know Photoshop comes into play in pictures. I don't care if you're in a fitness magazine or in a sexy magazine like Playboy, they Photoshop those pictures and didn't fall off the turnip wagon yesterday. But, um, and I know what they've done to my picture. So I just like this be is, I don't like to say the word perfect because nobody's perfect, but it's close to um, what I can get to be happy with the way I look, visually seeing myself to where I know they're not going to have to alter the pictures too much, you know, except for a little smoothing of the skin or whatever. <laughs> um, it's going to take me another, probably another six six weeks or so to even get um, back. But even so, a lot of those pictures won't be seen because I have, um, I'm going to have a website. I'm going to start doing a website again and, and have pictures done so I can have a gallery and people can pay for all that stuff and whatever, or pay for 8x10s. And I don't want to be showing all the, all the great stuff that's going to be coming out and then have that for free and then nobody wants to buy the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Now, are people going to be uh, seeing a lot of the stuff that you had done in the past? Or is there going to be a different style? Because I've looked at a lot of your photos from the past and there's there's not much material there. <laughs> it leaves a lot to the imagination. Um, are, are people going to be used to seeing the old style or are you going to be doing something different? You mean, did you say there's not a lot left to the imagination? <laughs> no, the, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like there's just, I mean, it, it's, there's, like you do it in a way that it's so, it's pro provocative, but it's also classy. Like, are you going to, is it going to be more towards like the bikini look with the new stuff? Or are you going to do more like covered up, more fitness 
you know, like workout gear photos? Well, I'm going to do a combination of everything because the workout stuff, you know, you got to hit up the market with the women that like the workout stuff. You can be a sexy woman um, and have a sexier side to you and still attract the female fan base um, as long as you keep it within the confines of, um, and I want to say this because this sounds bad, um, good taste. But my good taste is what I'm comfortable with. I'm not saying whatever Barry else does isn't good for them, but I don't want to be nude. That's not my thing. Um, artistically, you know, with some implied stuff, you know, hand hand bras, that kind of stuff has never bothered me. When I was married, my ex-husband didn't care about me doing any of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go that sexy, you know, but I want to keep it to where people are going to look at those pictures. Women will be like, wow, I want to look like that. And they're not going to be turned off to them because they're going to be like, oh, darn, I'm, you know, I'll never look like that kind of a thing because that's not the case. And women need to know that we're all photoshopped in these pictures. I don't care who they are. You know, I mean, even cell phones have filters on the phones now and you can take selfies and make yourself look better than than, uh, you do really in real life. So, you know, I mean, people don't understand that, but I don't want to turn women away. Um, because my main market is going to be women as far as like for the, for the, for the fitness part of it with the glutes development and stuff like that. Cause most men are probably not going to want to, to do my glutes training, even though it would probably kick their butts. Um, and, but yeah, I got to keep the man market interested too. So I'll have the bikini pictures and, you know, I just don't do bent over at the waist with my butt pointing right towards the camera pictures you know and slightly off to the side you can see curves you can see like you said they're provocative but they're not directly in your face I don't personally have a problem with those kinds of pictures it doesn't offend it doesn't bother my conscience and I can sleep at night doing those kinds of pictures not feeling like I violated my own morals just to make some money you know what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. and and please let me reiterate that I am not knocking what other people do because what other people do is A, none of my business, and I do not judge other people for how they make money or what they do because that's not the kind of person that I am. Just for myself, it's just not how I choose to see myself um, portraying my own image. Um, And some people, you know, and some people are like, well, you espouse to be a Christian. Yes, I am a Christian, you know, but I think you can be um, a sensual individual, and if you're not... I don't go into it with the hopes that some guy is sitting behind his computer um, doing things <laughs> that I don't want to talk about right now to my pictures. You know, I go into it with the hopes that people are going to see beyond that and see that you can have health problems and still look good. You can have, you can be older and still look good and still be confident in who you are and how God actually made you. So my brain is goes into it to- totally different than maybe how other people's brains go into it. You know what I'm saying? Or what they go into it for. And once again, that's a personal choice. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's none of my business what other people do and why they choose to make money or how they choose to make their money. So um, 
you know, I just don't want people to get the wrong impression and think that I am, you know, changing um, because I'm single and this and that and everything else. Oh, well, she's going to be a little looser and a little freer or whatever. But um, I might actually even be a little, just a tiny bit more more tight than I was when I was married because <laughs> my husband went to most of my photo shoots and I felt sexy and he enjoyed going to them and I enjoyed posing for him because he was actually there. So some of my best pictures that were ever published in magazines were he was always there. So it's because I had a natural sexiness that really came about me because my husband was there. And, um, you know, now that I'm single, it's like a, I kind of feel weird acting all sexy for some guy that I'm not, I don't really know or, or something like that. It's like, I don't know. I'm kind of conservative. <laughs> I'm really conservative, <laughs> actually, politically, too. So so people kind of are like, wow, you're actually conservative. You're a gun-toting, Second Amendment, you know, promoting, you know, conservative Republican, <laughs> but you're in a bikini. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, whatever. It is what it is. That's my real, that's my bikini body is my alter ego, I used to like to say. It's kind of like not who I actually really am because that's the dressed up, girly, super girly side of me that doesn't ever come out hardly at all in real life. <laughs> I'm the tomboy, you know, I'd rather go hunting or something like that kind of <laughs> had a girl and watch football all day long. So that's who I actually really am. And now, where can people find you at online? I mean, to kind of like follow this whole progress. Um, I like, I love Instagram um, better than Facebook. Facebook can be used, but Instagram, um, it's the at symbol. And then my name, Tamar Lacalzi with the underscore fit. Um, and that's T-A-M-A-R-L-I-C-A-L-Z-I underscore fit, F-I-T. Um, on Twitter, at, at symbol Tamar Lacalzi. And Snapchat, I actually like Snapchat because um, I post a lot of stuff of me working out, my, my clients working out. People can see how I train my clients, the exercises I make them do. Um, and that's just my name, Tamar Lacalzi, all together. I think if you try to do a search for it, it's all together. Um, and, of course, Facebook. I have three Facebook pages, um, two friends ones and one like page. The like page is fitness only. Uh, the friends pages, I had to create a second one because the other one got tapped out. And, um, I mean, I kind of got a lot of double friends on both of those pages. But, um, you know, if you just put my name in Facebook, three of them will pop off. So, um it's all Tamar Lacalzi. I pretty much use my real name for everything now. Um, I used to use Planet Tamar back in the day because that was my website name, but um, I decided to just go to my real name and, and do that. And those are the main, major platforms that I, that I – oh, Periscope. I like Periscope. Periscope's kind of new, and it kind of goes through the whole – it kind of works through Twitter. So that would be the at Tamar Lacalzi also. Um, Periscope is live. And like the other day, I went to Gainesville. I went to the University of Florida. I went. I was in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and I just kind of did a um, little introduction of who I was and what I was going to be doing on Periscope, and and so on and so forth. But Periscope is live, and you can kind of interact with people. Like they can send you messages, like through Twitter, basically, and it kind of pops up, and you can answer their questions. They can see you. You can't see them. 
Um, but I like Periscope. It's kind of fun, and it's another new platform. And I have quite a few followers for uh, not really ever Periscoping, but a total of three times in the last three months. So, But I am going to be using Periscope a lot more because I will be using that for people to watch me work out live. So, like, I'll have somebody hold my camera and they can record me while I'm actually working out. Somebody can log in and watch my whole entire workout um, from start to finish. No editing, no nothing. So I'm going to use that like that, too, so people can be like, wow, you know, they see the real deal. There's no Photoshop. There's no editing. You know, it's raw. It's me quitting. It's me maybe grunting and screaming and <laughs> carrying on and, you know, dropping a weight or tripping on something. I mean, it's going to be totally straight up. Um, real life. So, not that I trip on things a lot, because I don't, but, you know, um, but it'll be real. It'll be raw, hardcore footage of me, uh, me training. So. Well, we look to see and hear all kinds of new things from you, and, um, and you have a really interesting story, and you've been through a lot, and uh, we hope to see you just progress, and I said, do amazing things going forward in the future, and we really appreciate you coming in or coming on and talking to us tonight, and uh, hopefully uh, people can follow along the process and watch you become this whole new person. Thank you. I appreciate it. I look forward to my future. God is good. He's been really good to me. And um, I, like I said, my main thing is to kind of inspire people and help people from, you know, just to give them hope that, you know, if they don't feel good, that there are other ways and you can you can look and feel really good no matter your age and some stuff, you know, you just have to make certain choices. And um, sometimes some things are, you know, worth more than others. So I really appreciate you having me come on and, and uh, talking to me and letting me kind of share some of my story with, with your audience. Not a problem. We'll be talking to you real soon. All right. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Tamarla Palsey. I am a fitness and bikini model, a personal trainer, and an athlete in the National Physique Committee. And you are listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio.